covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome one, welcome all into the latest edition of the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kyleman here alongside my good buddy, pal, and co-host Jim Mernier as we are finally through the end of the 2022 National Arena League season that concluded last weekend in Albany, New York as the host Albany Empire walk away as the back-to-back champions of the National Arena League and have the third championship in, their, in any respective arena football league in the last four years jim how you doing um we're gonna get a little deeper into this game but uh, instant thoughts on the albany empire walking away with this one uh, pure domination honestly um right. that would i honestly have to say that this that had to be one of the better defensive performances i've seen this se- this season alone and probably maybe the top tier uh, performances that we've seen in the arena football it's very hard to hold the team to only seven points for majority of the game and then completely do whatever you want on offense. It was a complete team performance. And honestly, yeah, Castronova got the MVP, but eleven guy, or eight guys deserved the MVP, and that was a defense for the Albany um, Empire. They outperformed. Mm-hmm. What, what, what can I say? I, I, well, I can't say that um, you can't right now. It's just they really whipped Carolina, and Carolina is a good football team. It just Carolina had a bad day at the wrong time, and yes. Albany capitalized. Yeah, all, I would say Albany took all the opportunities necessary for them to walk away with this one. Um, didn't feel like going in we were going to see a game like this. Uh, absolute domination come really mid-first quarter. It started flipping, flipping the script. Um, talk about fourth down stops, key interceptions. Jonathan Bain was under – Heavy pressure, I think, constantly all night. Uh, Albany's front four, front five, at least uh, front four, if you count the MAC, they were just all over the place that that evening. Um, and really, I think something that stood out for us, if we're watching, um, whether it was me in Albany or you on the, you know, reaction stream with Dukon and uh, Stefan Raychuk there, or the ref as we call him, uh, it just felt like, you know, Albany was at least. I feel like that they were a little more kind of creative at kind of diversifying what they wanted to call out there. Um, some people and some people I was talking to, and I would agree with them when we were at the game, it felt like Carolina was a little bit too one-dimensional on their past concepts. And it kind of just led to some moments that, you know, like you saw Marvin Ross, Dwayne Hollis, they were, they're blanking in guys, you know, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, there wasn't much separation all evening. So you couldn't really get those uh, deep ball passes to like DJ Myers or Kendrick Gings as often um eventually got some scores but you know it felt like it was too little too late and that they were just kind of it felt like jonathan was forcing some things at some point to where it was Mm -hmm. like i'm just trying to find a miracle here to get us a little bit of energy none of that came none of that came and also albany uh good job for manas and coach Ware. uh defensive scheme like they took jonathan bain's quick out routes out of the game yeah that wasn't a threat at all in the game. And they knew when he was going to go deep, and he kept overthrowing. Like, there was a couple of passes that game. Dukon even said on the live stream. Uh, and it looks like when he's throwing the ball deep, he is he doesn't he has no touch on the football. It's it's floating into the end zone, or it's floating two or three rows up in the stadium, or in the stands. And you notice that throughout the night, and you got to give credit to Albany's defense for causing havoc. 
Um, they shut down uh, Evans. They shut down DJ Myers. They shut down Kendra Gings. And that offense that you've seen in Carolina, you 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 look at it, go, wow, um, they're loaded, and they yeah. look like a team that didn't didn't belong there at times. You're like, where's this team have been? And you just that's just got to give credit to recruits dues, the Albany Empire. They just outperformed. Um, and they capitalize on every mistake Carolina did, and they feed off the energy of the crowd, which the confirmed attendance of the crowd is 4,418 in a lot in attendance. Um, I've gotten two sources confirming that, so that's a great mm-hmm. showing. Um, from the YouTube stream, I could tell it was loud. From you doing videos and show uh, shots, I know it's loud. Um, it's a great. It was a great way to end the 2022 season, and now that's just speculation zone for the next couple of months that we, I'm taking that from Stefan Raychek. Um, yeah, yep. <laughs> but uh, there, there's other things that are going on in the league, but you got to get tip your hat off. Like there's some things that you, you look at, you go, Oh, uh, okay. Well, we thought this championship game was going to go one way and it completely went the other direction. Now there's questions that will arise this off season is a dynasty about to happen in Albany. And a lot of fans will speculate on that. Uh, they have a right to talk that because they won back-to-back championships. So uh, right. it's going to be an interesting off-season uh, turmoil. It's going to be happening. Off-season is crazy, and we'll be here with every news, nuggets, um, information that comes out. And, of course, we have two new ownership groups that we got to talk to in, in the coming weeks uh, to join the 2023 NAL campaign. But for overall, yeah, championship rewind. And uh, yeah, it's what you have to say. You got to say that the 2022 NL champions are the Albany Empire. Yeah, I had to do manly do that. So yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, <sighs> okay. But speaking of, we talked about the game. Um, your adventure well, to Albany, my friend. Well, how yeah. was it? I mean, you're giving me a little bit of the time to talk about it, so mm-hmm. uh, go through kind of the cliff note or like the key moments, cliff notes. Um, uh, land at one o'clock in Albany, New York, direct flight from Chicago. Uh, first thing, first thing I do meet up with, uh, Abby Ruval, who's the team Ruvel, who's the team reporter for the times union for the Albany empire. Had a great conversation, a little bit of coffee over that, over that, just talking about team and just coverage. Um, went and had lunch with the Cobras, uh, courtesy of, uh, Josh Rezanalo and of course owner Rob storm, um, Got to meet up with plenty of the guys that have been on the show or those that have uh, talked about our show on there. So thank you very much to the Cobras organization for letting me uh, enjoy what is a really good hibachi spot in Albany. Saki, by the way. Check it out if you're out there. It's uh, I re- highly recommend it. They they There's a reason why they've stopped at it three times this year, uh, for sure. Um, beyond that, um, went up and met up with... President Team President Jeff Levesque, Mike Corda at the uh, Albany offices at MVP Arena. Uh, I thanks a ton for the media credentials, by the way, and got that sorted out. Checked out their offices, ran into several players, and just tons of owner. It's a championship game, so you're going to pretty much any owner you can imagine that you know of. You know, the Nate Star- Sterlings of the world, uh, the Ron Tradicos of the world. Um, you're also going to be talking about the ownership groups for West Texas, Fayetteville, um, that we've talked about as well. Um, Steve Kern of the Jacksonville Sharks was def- was out there too. 
Um, San Antonio's ownership was represented very well. Klee Rashad was at the game as well, had great conversations with both with owners as well as Klee himself. Um, anyone and everyone that was NAL related for the most part was at that game. Um, I cannot thank them enough for connecting with them and kind of getting to chat a bit about, you know, the, the sport that is arena football and kind of talking at a level where it's like, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a media guy, but I'm also a fan. So I try and really very both. I try and get a little bit more of their side of the story on how things run and operate for them. Cause that's important. It's a two way street. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that was, it's very helpful to have a, 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 in a game like this connections that are so accessible that way. Um, and that's, and that's all part. Thanks to part of the show being, connected to the nal too so i gotta give a shout out to them and getting to talk to chris chris siegfried in person is that's a nice touch as well you know um we've had chats with him on the on the phone on the phone but it is great to you know shake the shake that gentleman's hand and kind of discuss league topics at a level with him as well so awesome stuff um awesome stuff i'm really happy to be there quite frankly and honestly in our topic on our expansion team you know meeting the west texas group i will say as a leadoff good people you know like at least they uh up front they're excited to be part of this league um and san antonio's happy you know it is a little bit of a drive still but um it is their closest opponent uh it's about four hour drive ish they said to me be a bus but still it's their closest opponent it builds up the texas base we'll talk about that in a second but albany i loved i love the game mvp arena is awesome they are renovating it um, as was described, I did get to talk with Manas a little bit, but credit, um, he's he's busy from the game. So like, it was basically I got to shake his hand, say great to see you here, um, and then he had to move on, you know, to make sure he was prepared for the game uh, as well. Ran into DJ Myers and his fam, his family, by the way. So I, I can just keep going on and on about meeting up with people, you know. So that it, that's the best part of this is you get all the connections of the league in one spot and kind of meeting of the minds in a way but you're also celebrating a long season uh and it was definitely a good time oh and also got a shout out too you know i got the you know josh blair jason gibson we went about we went about and you know talked during the game after the game um we walked a little bit around town in albany afterwards so you know good times um and honestly albany new york um i definitely will be coming back for a longer trip next time uh just to check out a few sites. I it's, it's very much, it's very much unique city. It's like the best of taking like what a Midwestern city like Cleveland or St. Louis is and combining it with the new England uh, architecture and stylings of like old U S um, together. Uh, Cause it's, that, that's the best way I could put it uh, without you guys being there. Uh, and I definitely will be back. There's a few things I got to check out. So um, good times though. Very happy. I got out there is all I can tell you. And uh Next year, when me and Jim go wherever the championship is, that'll be nice to share that with yourself for mm-hmm. it. No, I, I, I already know I had those days off, so I'm looking forward. To oh, next I know, year. I know. I'm just happy that next year will be. We can both. We're gonna both be out there one way or another. You know, that that's a nice feeling. So I'm no. glad to have that. Well, it sounds like you had a good time in Albany, and that's oh, why that's why you expect to have a championship game. Is everyone comes together for that one event, uh, especially the league wide. So yeah, it's 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 pretty cool that you got to meet everyone. For me, I it it takes me a whole season to meet everyone because everyone, right. all the teams are come here to Jacksonville, and I meet them there. But yeah, you get a, you got a chance to get experience your first NAL game, NAL championship, in a packed house. You know what's, what was uh, nice too is uh, 
getting to go now credit i'll be honest i spent way too much on uber but that was on me <laughs> because i bought a i bought a hotel um a little to the west of, a bit west of town which by the way i really should have just bought something middle downtown because that's where a all the owners and players were mm-hmm. b the uber killed me so that's that's my fault of course but no, i digress um i would say that um mvp like i said mvp arena it is a great facility and it's an awesome spot in town to host a game. So, you know, it's only going to look better when it's renovated. And quite frankly, um, I know next time how to schedule this properly. So that's why I recommend it. If you see the Hilton or the holiday Inn or whatever, downtown spend that little extra because everything's right there. Don't, you know, just make it easier on yourself. That, that's my tip. That's, that's the thing I would recommend if I were to go when, if it's more, when I go back, cause I will go back next year. So, Are you starting your own travel agency now? <laughs> I like to go around. I like to get some track. I like to get out and uh, explore. I mean, I usually do road trips, credit 12 hour road trip. I did talk myself out of that one. That almost was a twelve-hour road trip. So that that would have been very lengthy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm happy for it, and on, and honestly, kudos to Jeff Levesque, mm-hmm. Mike Corda, and Tom Anas. Seriously, they put on a great event. They did an excellent job, game day wise. It was it was professional. That's mm-hmm. what I can tell you. It was a professionally run event. That's what you want to see, and it brought the crowd back. It cr- brought the crowd out to support, and I. I don't, I'm not going to go too much farther with crowd size. Cause I know folks, folks don't want to have it too much, but I think that that's another step in the right direction with how that game went is what I'm going mm-hmm. to end it with. It was a positive for, for everyone involved. So kudos to the empire. And, you know, now they're going to be their, their dynasty currently in terms of championships, they're going to be, they're basically pushing a, a NAL pure dynasty. If we're talking the three Pete, so, mm-hmm. you know, see how it goes, but kudos to them. Loved it. Um, and definitely Jim, if you ever, once you get the chance to get out there, it's, it'll be, it's a nice time. It really is. I, I, I think you'd enjoy yourself there. I like going to places just, mm-hmm. you get restricted sometimes. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's understandable. Yeah, that's understandable, but yeah, good times out in Albany. Um, and of course with the game, like, like we were talking, like I was talking, you know, you get to meet up with everybody, um, owners and, you mm-hmm. know, players. We had a, actually met up with a GM of Fayetteville, by the way, who, is excited to not only work with us, but to also hit the ground running and get this team, as we know, the Mustangs prepped up for their co- for their coming season. Which, by the way, we'll uh, we'll talk about that in a minute on their news on what's coming up next for them. What we do want to talk about during the game, you know, besides the championship uh, leading up in the days coming, there was the announcement of hey, our eighth franchise. Mm-hmm. is going to be announced and we already said it during already on here but to reiterate the west texas warbirds are the new expansion franchise in the national arena league so the folks over in odessa texas who have been dominating the arena circuit in one way or another kind of bouncing in and out of playing games uh they come in with touting an 18-0 record by mm-hmm. the way in their existence and their last game you know i the elephant in the room the whole fight thing credit we've gotten i got it clarified tons of other people got clarified um it sounds like it was not instigated by the warbirds it's just that it was more reactionary on their end on trying to calm the situation down some players trying to just calm it down or got involved in the scuffle so 
I'm going to put that out in the open first off mm-hmm. that it, just to get it out of the way. Cause people will ask about that. Secondly, um, those, the folks out there for West Texas loved what I was getting out of them. They sound thrilled to be part of this league. Um, it's a step up in competition for them. And honestly, I think that's what they're looking for. Again, when you're 18 and oh, and you haven't, you know, you haven't really hit into the big three leagues, you know, you're kind of looking for what's next. And, you know, of course there were options out West for them to go or Midwest for them. And I think they chose the NAL just based on the level of talent we have currently, you know, and also they get to much like San Antonio, they get to kind of be more of a tent post holding down that Western corridor, or at least as far West as we think the NAL might go um, out there in Odessa. So, you know, I like what I'm seeing. It is, is a little farther than I thought for them between them and San Antonio, but they still are in reasonable distance where they can kind of collaborate and work with each other out there to kind of establish a foothold for the national arena league. Texas is kind of a battleground state for arena football right now. Um, which funny enough, in terms of the big three leagues, uh, the NAL now holds that lead in terms of the amount of teams in Texas. Um, but still, I mean, it, you got to fight for fans. I mean, Texas is a football state, but you still, you know, which brand, which brand of football holds out. And I'm glad that they chose the NAL. Um, obviously it'll add a little travel, but I do think that the way the league's going, they have structured it and they're going to be structuring it in terms of like scheduling and things where they'll make this work. They made it work with San Antonio last year. Um, even with what happened mid- early season and that whole adjustment and trying to fix things over. So I think, with West Texas, them being what looks to appear to be stable out of the gate and what I think is a confident organization out of the gate, I think they're going to do just fine. And they're joining a league to me that I'm happy to see, you know, after getting the whole conversation, I'm pretty positive on West Texas going into 2023. Well, first off, uh, West Texas, welcome to the National Arena League. Yes. Um, Yes, it's going to be a little bit of a haul, four hours to San Antonio and a trip to Albany, maybe a haul for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good that the league is uh, is expanding more. Like we said multiple times on this show, the league has aspirations of getting to double digits. And the only way you get to double digits is you start expanding <laughs> in the single digits. And now we're going from six to eight with Fayetteville and the expansion of West Texas. Uh, a lot of people have come and reached out to us. Where is West Texas, especially on our live stream? They're in Odessa. Odessa, Texas. Um, still, that's a little bit of a, again, travel for the San Antonio team. Um, but you got two franchises in San Antonio in the same state. So you can build like a Texas rivalry series or something like that in there. Um, it'd be pretty cool that we can get another one in Texas. Then you can actually have a, you know, try city type of thing for rivalry but um from all the stuff i've heard from other owners in the league and people and up and up um they're very confident in the the war birds um i do want to give a shout out to your mascot uh war thunder he was literally one of the first people to follow us um and apparently he's talking smack to a lot of the mascots in the nal already (laughs) so so i think that you're going to start seeing a little rivalry between that um it's good they're they're they look like they're in a good uh, mindset. I guarantee them and the Fort, um, excuse me, not Fort Wayne, uh, John Wayne ownership group in San Antonio. I think they're going to start working together and, and collaborating a lot to not just build them, but working and building the popularity of arena football in the state of Texas. So uh, there's going to be an interesting 
couple of months uh, this offseason to see what teams do. I, one thing I want to see is one of the first players they sign because we, when we, for instance, Zach, when San Antonio came in last year, we had no idea who those players were and we kept them in the bottom of the rankings. Now we know who they are. Now we know who Akali Rashad is. Now we, now we know Robert Kent. We know these guys like, look, they're almost all NAL second teams. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, that's going to be the same for uh, Odette or excuse me, West Texas. Um, Fateville is completely different. Completely different identity. Brand um, new franchise. Brand new. It's completely different. Yeah. Um, but speaking about uh, Fayetteville, um, even though um, Crown Arena, our complex or Civic Center, August twenty third, they're having a press conference uh, for a logo reveal and other situations at the arena. I think they're trying to do Facebook, maybe Twitter. don't know yet, but we do know that there's a press conference announced for the 23rd at four o'clock Eastern at the crown complex or crown arena in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So there's a lot more NL news going around um, than that. But before we get into the coaching um, cycle things uh, again, West Texas, welcome to the show. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Jim. Um, that's Zach. Um, you might you might recognize my voice if you haven't heard it yet, um, but I got to get to this before we switch. Um, yeah, I was I was gonna say you kind of you segued so hard into that. Um, am <laughs> I the Stephen A. Smith for Albany? Yes. Are you the Stephen A. Smith for the Empire? And that was yeah. that was the wrong one. But still, are you the Stephen A. Smith of the Albany um, Empire? Uh, let's check. Really? Let's go. Come back with your shield or on it. This ancient Greek phrase was an admonition given to Spartan warriors headed into battle. The meaning, victory or death. Victorious warriors returned home carrying their shields. The dead were brought home on them. This is why we've been saying that Carolina has the better roster, better team than Albany. This is unfamiliar territory. Does this turn into a losing streak? They seemed that they were sluggish. It looked like they were going through the motion. Sam Castronova didn't look good in the first quarter. The defensive issue for Albany was exposed. Was a- Albany, December down. Here's Castronova on second down. Looking for it all. And he's got it all. Darius Prince, touchdown. Albany's defensive line has already played a presence here in this first quarter. Drop it back and get pressure again, and he goes down. Tapped up, intercepted, picked off. Here's Beal. He's going to score. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to exit. exit. I didn't know what was going on. But, yeah. Um, first off, to the fans of Albany. Yes, that was my voice. Second off, to Manas. Coach Levesque, Mike Corda, um, Damon Ware, to the organization that put my voice into the hype video before the NAL championship game. I want to say thank you. I am humbled that I that I got an opportunity to be inside of an arena voice. And I um yeah, um I think I became their Stephen A. Smith, but I can't get mad at that. That's cool. That's that's awesome that like me and you messaged after that, like there's questions about how did you did, are you really did you really make it when you get your voice in a hype video at a championship game for a league you made it so am I Stephen A Smith of Albany sure I will yeah I'll take all of, but 
Honestly, it's this is I'm just humbled. I'm 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 thankful that it's basically like a dream or a goal of ours, Zach. Is that we cover this league, we love this league, and now our talent is being shown, or my egoness was being shown in Albany, but still, I like the uh, I like the whole the whole message of it too, because we that was right on the towards the end of that right at the end of the three game losing streak. Mm-hmm. You know the uh, they doubted us. They think we're down and out and mm-hmm. talking outside media. They use your voice, but you're yeah. representing basically outside media. <laughs> and so and I thought that was a, like the intro. Like I had a great laugh because, like I said, they used it after after they introduced the Cobras. They mm-hmm. went and introduced the team like they usually do. And that was the that was the lead in video. So it was, I had a big smile and chuckle uh, while I was standing there in the fan yeah. zone watching that go down. Um, yeah, but shout, still, yeah, kudos to the, to the media team that, or for the content team for the empire. That was, a, that was pretty cool. Uh, I just want to say this. Thank you to the Albany organization. That's, that was pretty cool. Uh, like I can't be mad at you. Um, I could be one of those douchebags that come out here. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm Stephen A. Smith, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith is a different beast, man. He can be your friend in the next minute. He's backstabbing you because that's Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> um, but thank you again, coach Manas and Levesque. Guys, um, and the organization, uh, my quarter and the organization in Albany. Um, that's pretty cool. I really appreciate it. And I, I'm very humbled. Yeah. I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I'm glad that make it, we're making a bit of an impact there one way or another uh, and keep on going. And honestly, I, you know, we, I, I, we are, I am proud to, I am proud to say this when we talk about stats, like the empire fans show out, they, mm-hmm. they are at least New York, new yorkers you guys listen to our show a ton so that that is pretty cool um but yeah it, that was a nice little nod it was just a little it was extra piece it was like you know, made me smile feel like we were part of part of the league a little bit <laughs> one way or another yeah. you know getting the conversation going i guess so yeah, that, that was pretty nuts uh um, as you can that's still yeah as thank you can you, see albany. thank you albany hey I know we're gonna get it. We're gonna get get some sort of shout out back or something. I know it. Uh, all right. Here's the point in the show. We we didn't expect to talk about anything like this already. Um, I mean, it is the end of the season, so traditional NF, NFL or coaching and football, you just kind of assume, okay, maybe we can get this ball rolling. And mm-hmm. honestly, from what the league, I'm not not gonna give anything away, but they kind of want to move things faster this year in terms of how they're operating. So. I guess maybe this plays in, but we had some coaching changes all of a sudden, or at least new spots available in the last 24 hours. Um, two, both of these, I think, are kind of surprises and for different reasons, though, uh, for being honest. Um, for for the first for the Columbus Lions, uh, Jason Gibson has stepped down as head coach. So he released his own personal statement on the Columbus Lions website. Um, earlier today, you can go check that out at Columbus, at Columbus, Columbus lines.com there, um, and see that, but basically thanking the organization for 16 years of work, um, as well as just the community's dedication towards the lions over the years, um, hasn't announced any plans, but, um, we'll have to wait and see. I, I was kind of surprised and I'm only, I'm only basing this off of my conversations with Jason. He seemed like, he seemed like, uh, he's not done coaching. I could be wrong. But um, I didn't get that vibe at the championship is what I'm going to put out there. That's all I've got on that note. Um, I didn't talk to Sia Burley, but you might see as well, 
Coach Spurley was also parted ways with the Sharks. This one, I think, was a little more was a little more both sides both sides possibly or the Sharks possibly, um, based on the write up. But um, the two time championship head coach of the Sharks, who returned this past year, mind you, replacing Will Fuller, he is now going or Coach Fuller, he is now going to be parting ways with the Sharks. So that leaves two open vacancies all of a sudden in the National Arena League. Um, Burley, I wasn't, I mean, out of the two, I guess if you wanted to make a prediction, I guess that would be the one I'd say was more likely to get changed because the Sharks want to kind of get back to winning, not at just a playoff level, but at a championship mm-hmm. level. Gibson, I don't know. I think I think a lot of people are stunned by this because of the fact he's worked 16 years with the lions through you know the pifl and then when they formed the nal he was like a backbone for them um he also handles uh like expansion based items for the league so was kind of this one i think hit home a lot for people uh and honestly we with us talking with gibson on the show it hits even harder um because you know i mean dude dude is a dude's every bit of what you expect of his of his character guy guy expects the most out of his players uh the dude looks at the state of the game i think in the most uh honestly in the most uh, honest opinion light when we talk with him on the show um you know i don't know what his i don't know what his future is in the sport but if this is it for jason gibson you know hats off to you uh happy trails for you because i mean you're, I mean, you're leaving a legacy in Columbus for sure. That's going to be pretty, no matter who steps in or what Columbus does, it'll be extremely hard to fill someone the likes of Gibson and how many things he does for the organization besides coaching is uh, a little more than we can even mention on this show. Yeah. Uh, Silent Burley is more of a, the biggest question mark of, of all of the releases in my opinion, because you brought him in to win a championship. He got the team back in the playoffs, went through some sluggish things, but lost to Albany by one point. Right. That's the biggest questions I have. The shocking one is Gibson. The guy's been, you look at the Columbus Lions, Gibson is the Columbus Lions. He is. That's basically, for instance, compared to the college football. He's Bobby Bowden for Florida State University. He is, Gibson is Columbus Lions. He built that, he basically built the program. And when you think of Columbus, you think of Gibson. He won championships in the PFIL, um, got to the championship game multiple times in the NAL, didn't, you know, get over that hump. Um, but it's a big move. It's a huge move. And we're going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, if Jason Gibson, um, we don't know his future. We don't know if he's retiring or getting away from football. Let's just, I'm going to say, if he still coaches in the National Arena League and that's an announced, we will have him here. I'm a part of his new team, whoever he goes to. I just want, you know, this is speculation zone, by the way, Zach. Two rivals, two teams that hate each other, release their coaches at the same day. <laughs> is there a connection between the two? I think release is a bit of a strong word in Columbus's part because that doesn't sound like a, that sounds like a coach making a choice. Oh yeah, um, yeah. on that regard because I mean, like the shark, sharks, like the sharks, right. definitely those two moved on. Like that was their decision. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lions, I mean, everything on Gibson's statement shows that that was his choice that he made. So I don't know. Um, sure, I mean, two openings happen all of a sudden. 
Mm-hmm. Um, to me, like I said, I didn't get the vibe that Gibson's done coaching. So I would be surprised if he all of a sudden is just out. Like, I, I mean, he, like we were talking about like the lions next season while we were at the game. I'm not going to go into details farther because I don't want to, I don't want to go and feel like I'm exposing too much, much of what the lions are doing, but I'm just telling you that he was talking about this year. So clearly either something was in the cards or this is a, I mean, if he does a quick 360 in what, two, three days, um, that would be even more surprising. So I don't think he's done. I just want to know where he's going. If that's I, I don't thing. think either. So there, if, and- if it is Jacksonville, because again, that's, very very convenient that that happened to be today i'm not saying that's what's the case but if i'm a guy like you're talking if we're speculating mm-hmm. if we are debating if this is something that might happen that spot all of a sudden is wide open and i mean if i'm the sharks and we've seen the sharks in recent years you know the last two you you know they're desperate they want to get back to being that like that nine to ten win team mm-hmm. that everyone says okay they could most likely run the table like this year was like okay they're like a dark horse but they came in kind of limping into the playoffs and then they lost by you know essentially yeah fought like hell and lost by two scores and so now it's like all right we have some pieces that we hopefully will return or have under contract for next year can we get someone that can do that extra bit and i thought maybe si would stay Mm -hmm. now that that's open it's like Oh, this is unique. We'll have to, I want to monitor these two situations so closely, you know, and the organizations run themselves completely different. So like one, I think would be likely to spend for, uh, yeah. I, I would argue would be likely to spend for a big time name coach. The other, as we've known with the lions, homegrown talent. So I'm curious where they find their next HC mm-hmm. uh, most likely locally. If I had to take a guess in Columbus, maybe not, but that's just kind of the track record. That's what I'm rolling with right now. One of our favorite, one of our listeners, by the way, um, made, made this comment about Jacksonville and Columbus. They're like the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. The Sharks are the Yankees. Buy as many players as you can and try and win a championship. While the Columbus Lions are the Tampa Bay Rays. They'll get all the guys who are very affordable and build a very cohesion group and try and win that way. But we've, in the NAL game or in the arena game, it happens so suddenly coaches go quick. Um, yeah. There's a couple of coaching openings that happen in other leagues. And me looking over there, I go, I don't see Gibson moving his family out west, that far west, or go north um, to the well, northwest. And Jacksonville is close. Now, I'm just going to speculate here. Jack, if Gibson does go to Jacksonville, right? Yeah. That rivalry just doesn't become the rivalry anymore. That becomes a very hated rivalry. Hatred. That rivalry. would be, man. That like would said, be the. Honestly, if I was the NAL, this is what you do: Carolina, Albany, Week One. If and if certain happen, situations happen in Jacksonville, and, and let's just speculation: if Gibson goes to Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Columbus, Week One. There you go, marquee matchups, and put it on right. separate days so you can get hot because. Trust me, if that's week one game, if Gibson does go to Jacksonville, and that's a, we, me and you, can build that game up to be like either Gibson finally got gets his team and players that he can get and go after it, or Columbus gets their revenge. Like, come on, what happened? What's going on? It's basically how what Florida State fans are going through right now with Jim, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo won the national title, then 
book to Texas A&M. It's, it's unique. It's this is I just can't see it honestly. Well, I, I more but, look at this as like uh, Kevin Durant leaving OKC to go to Golden State. Perfect. Um, because of the fact that I mean, I mean, if we're being honest, in the short in the time that the Lions have been in the NAL, you know, credit you know in recent years it's mm-hmm. it's a little different, but you know they've been stopped at the doorstep by who else? Jacksonville, you know, um, teams that are buying uh they that buy the big free agent names um and you know gibson's a damn good coach it's mm-hmm. just that you know it seems like when we talk about the stone walls that he runs into it's usually teams that they they get these massive player names signed on you know last year with albany i mean we talked about the 2021 squad that was also imposing you know tommy grady malachi jones coming in later in in the season, you know, Darius Prince, yeah. you know, offensive player of the year, Darius Prince at that point in time, Phil Barnett on that team, you know, and they had a pretty awesome squad too. I mean, Lonnie Outlaw was on there and, you know, kicking, kicking ass with the uh, Columbus Lions. You know, that defense was still flying around, but it just seems like that is the roadblock that keeps happening. And I, again, folks, we're not telling you that is happening. We don't have anything at the basis, but I'm just, but look, you look the dot. It's so it's weird. You have both those teams have something like that happen all of a sudden. And again, and just for, talking with me. just talking with Jason, it didn't sound like he's done. So that would be strange if all of a sudden he just kind of flipped it or just basically went, yeah, I'm, I'm like confidently saying he's ready to go next year. And we'll find and, out. We'll find and, out the coming weeks because that. And, and for us as around. fans, as for us as fans. This is great entertainment for next season, but we know people in both organizations. It's going to be very odd, especially we're, we have good relationships with uh, the owners in Columbus. We can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, it's odd. We're the conversations we're having are like, it's, it, it's just complete shell shock basically. Yeah. Um, but Knowing Columbus, let's look at Columbus's point of view. Now they're looking for a new coach. Are they going to go after like a Sila Burley? Or will they go after, let's say, assistant coaches that are like a Fuller or Damian Ware, someone that proved themselves as an assistant coach this year to get him on the staff? There's there's coaching opportunities that will open up. And plus, they, uh, they may go after some local guy who's been with the Columbus organization to keep that same Columbus um, foundation. Maybe. Um, we'll keep you updated on that too, but it's just for speculation's sake. Very weird. Yeah. Gibson, then Jacksonville within hours after that. And I'm still to the hunch. I don't see coach Gibson going, moving his family to the West coast or moving his family to the far Northwest that go to teams that have open positions. I just don't see that. Jacksonville's only three hours away from Columbus. Um, it's just very fishy to me. And for for Jacksonville to do that, if they get that, I think they become the most hated team down south, besides the Albany Empire, who just won the championship. <laughs> it's like, oh, they just stole the coach. I'm like, oh, that, and that would be, I mean, that'd be different because the Empire are have ran and run ran ran yeah. buckshot through the league. So, but also, you know, you, meant, you mentioned about the in 2001, or almost said 2001. Wow, um, in 2021, Albany had a stacked squad. We we completely forget that Columbus had a stacked squad too. Oh, they did. But they did. They had a stacked squad with how Columbus managed their their players and their foundation and how they run their organization. 
if that was a Jacksonville type of team, you, you're talking about Mason Espinoza with Fortson, Devin Wilson, like Antoine well, I mean, Grant. Well, well, I mean, what what is one thing that Jason doesn't have? He has he has tons of wins. He is one of the, he is An in AL terms of regular season play. He is the most he is extremely successful. Yeah, but that's he all speculation. Have, you know, but um, yeah, he has. I mean, speculation but, or not, he that, that also, is one thing he doesn't have. You know, and also. If it's not Jacksonville, Jacksonville can go after a Ware, can go after a Fuller. They already have Fuller, but it's just speculation. Um, they can go after other coaches that are big-time coaches in the early game and attract them because it's Jacksonville. Um, it's just very intriguing how we were doing this show about, oh, we're going to talk about the expansion team, Warbirds. We're going to talk about Fayetteville's press conference. And then we get, bam, bam, these back-back news. And we're like, holy crap. Well, up. It's going to happen fast this year, folks. It's not going to be weeks and weeks. Like we've, we've had conversations in the back. Um, usually, this is when we decide to do our review shows and take a couple of weeks off and come back. We might just if I we're going to give you a show each week until September. Then we'll take a break because we got to there's ownership groups that we got to talk to. We got to do our good, bad, and the ugly show. Mm-hmm. Which fans, if you're listening to us, send us your comments, tweets, whatever about this, your good things that you like, bad things that you like, so we can build up the, the overall landscape of that show. And we're going to contact a lot of our our owners and uh, executives and see what their intel is. So we do this show that we all see what the fans think and what the ownership think to build that. And of course, rumors, insides. Danielle's trying to get their schedule out a lot earlier than usual. So me and Zach will be trying to plan a live stream of the release of the schedule. Um, we'll try to pull some strings, trying to be the ones that release it, but uh, we'll try, but I highly doubt it won't happen, but still we'll do something to break down the schedules too. So I think the month of August leading up to September, even though we have the championship in the playoffs, I think it's going to be very active to the very end. So expect a show each and every week until September. And once the NFL season starts, then we'll take a couple every other week and just break in for some breaking news and all stuff. So yeah, it's a very, it's off season, right? And it's getting hectic already. Like, oh, come on, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, that's, so that's an update for our show, but yeah, uh, we'll keep in touch. Okay. We'll keep in giving you guys informed about the national Marine league and the coaches changes. Uh, we will interview whoever coach is the new coach in Columbus or the new coach in Jacksonville. Again, we just speculated about Gibson. We do not know who it is. Here's a sample. I reached out to my sources at Jacksonville. They didn't tell me anything. So I can't tell you anything that I don't know. Um, but yeah, well, we'll remember we don't report on rumors here. We report on facts. I want to say thank you for the support again this season. Thank you to Albany. Um, but I have to go to a, a very this hurts the Arena Football League and the IFL and the NAL and the Jacksonville Sharks, the Albany Empire. Big Mo Ruffins uh, yeah. was um, passed away early Tuesday morning from the reports. Um, Big Mo was a very genuine guy in Jacksonville, won championships in Jacksonville, won championships in Albany when he was with the uh, the AFL Albany Empire. Um, good all-around guy. 
um, for all the people I've talked to, the people, especially in Jacksonville, and the people that I've messaged uh, over the last couple of years about who's who's the beast that they gave you a hard time. They go, oh, Big Mo. Um, Big Mo passed away. We don't know anything anything besides that, but he is a big. That's a big blow to the National Arena League community, the IFL community, the CIF, the AFL community. This guy was everywhere. This guy represented the indoor game, and we lost a, a good one. Yeah. It's too bad. I mean, um, I, I've had, I had less exposure, less exposure to not uh, getting to know Mo Ruffins, but I did know he was a force to be reckoned with when watching the uh, empire play in 2019, when I first got into arena football um, and they brought him back in t- for the 2021 squad. So he was, he basically got back-to-back championships with the empire for that sake. Um, wasn't with the roster this year. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's a shocking news just out of the blue, a few, few former teammates of his uh, came on and uh, had reported that that had been the case um, that he had uh, pa- that he had passed on. And uh, we sent condolences to the family of, of the, or at least the Ruffins family and friends of Mo as well. Um, definitely was a force in the game for a long time uh, through multiple leagues. You know, like we're talking, you know, all the way back to, you know, 2007, basically 2007, 06, he's been in arena for that long uh, throughout, you know, and had an excellent stay uh, with the Jacksonville Sharks and, of course, like our own Albany Empire. So he will not be forgotten with those rosters whatsoever, uh, nor will the game, I think, forget him either. So, um, yeah, we reach out to him. Um, rest in peace. Good, sir. Thank you for your time and uh, memories with the league. Um, and hope that and hope some other folks share their memories of him too, you know, because I mean, like I said, he was uh he was a care he was a uh very he was a very vocal character for organizations he was with. So mm-hmm. um yeah, it, it's too bad. That's all I could say. It, it is a shame to see uh someone with a name like this show up uh in this nature today. Yep. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our recap of the championship rewind and i told you about the schedule yep we're taking a week off we'll be back next week possibly if anything happens big we will get you uh not really a live podcast but we'll drop something for you we'll Um, record we'll record (laughs) most likely yeah um remember if any major head coaching news is break whoever Albany, or I almost said Albany, Manas is still there. Nothing's going on, Manas. We're not saying that you're getting released. Um, it, big news breaks in Jacksonville or Columbus. We'll drop it. Uh, we'll get the coaches on. Upcoming in weeks, we have um, coaches' um, ownership interviews with the Fayetteville ownership group and the West Texas ownership group. Of course, we got interviews with players this offseason and much, much more live streams for the schedule release, possibly, and more things coming up because – Yes, this off season's here, but in month of September and month of August in the arena game, anything can change. That's why we love the game. So with that, I want to say for again, 2023 two, what a hell of a run, hell of a season, up and down. Again, Albany, thank you uh, for having this show's voice or my voice beyond the pipe video. Really appreciate it, much respect. Um, but with that. I'm very humbled, and hopefully 2023 season. We'll be here for the 2022-2023 offseason, and we'll be here for the 2023 season. So we're not going away. We're going to stay here giving you information about the National Arena League and all of its eight organizations um, as of now. Um, With that, um, Zach? 
Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Inside the Walls podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, thank you for the good season. Thank you um, for just plenty of great memories. And honestly, uh, for myself personally, uh, for those that I met in Albany, thank you for the good times and for uh, many of uh, bright faces and compliments. I cannot thank you enough. I am looking forward to the next time I'm out in the Capital Region and the next arena game I get to go to. Uh, this league's going in the right direction. We're happy to say it that way. Um, I confidently cannot wait for 2023 and when we get the schedule and everything else released. So without further ado, thank you very much. And as always, we can't end an episode without, of course, our iconic phrase. Jim, let people know the one thing you got to remember when you go home. Don't be a jack out of the box. Stay tuned, everybody. Catch you in, a, in about a week or two.